If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of February 14, 2021. The podcast that invented the solar-powered grow light. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's comorbidify the news of the bogus. So in all the coverage about the Capitol building occupation in the press, and stylizing it as an attack or a rebellion or a riot or whatever, seized on the death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick as the one death that can't be attributed to the Capitol Police, calling it an act of murder by one of the rioters who killed him with a fire extinguisher. Law enforcement tends to be interested in that sort of thing, and so authorities have reviewed video and photographs of Sicknick's engagement with the protesters, but they can't actually find this moment where he suffered these fatal injuries. It's the one act of fatal violence the media could attribute to the so-called rioters, and it turns out it probably didn't even happen. And to date, Sicknick's autopsy still hasn't been released. They can't even seem to figure out what caused him to collapse that night, and even if it had anything at all to do with the occupation, or if it was a complete coincidence. According to one official, medical examiners have found no signs of blunt force trauma. One theory is that Sicknick became ill after exposure to pepper spray or bear spray that had been deployed against the crowd, but investigators haven't been able to confirm that either. There have been charges involving violence against other officers, including one who threw a fire extinguisher at officers who weren't Sicknick, and another who attacked a non-Sicknick officer with a baseball bat, but none of those injuries were fatal. There were four, on the other hand, who were killed by Capitol Police. But who cares about them, am I right? I need to say it again, people. This is why you wait. This is why you do not go off half-cocked based on what you think happened, reacting on hysteria from politicians in the news media. If you're one of the ones who's been all up in arms over this horrendous murder of an officer that very likely didn't even happen, it's going to be much more difficult for you to correct yourself and get to the truth now. If you're looking for ways to support this channel, but you don't have any spare cash and you can't stand advertisements, you can do so by generating your own cryptocurrency. Use the links at the bottom of the description to listen to the podcast and all of my videos on bittube.tv or lbry.tv to get cryptocurrency for the creator and yourself. Or if you listen to the podcast at the podcast page, you'll also generate crypto. You can also go to airtime.bogosity.tv to get the airtime extension and generate crypto for yourself and the creators on the web anywhere you go, including my YouTube channel. Get five tubes free just for installing the extension and signing up, and then simply browse the web as normal. Easily monetize your favorite creators and yourself with cryptocurrency without advertising on BidTube.tv or LBRY.tv or with the airtime extension at airtime.pagosity.tv. No, as we keep seeing, government is much more of a threat to civilians as civilians are to the government. Case in point, MSNBC host Nicole Wallace calling for the government to use drone strikes against American citizens on U.S. soil. 
A National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin remains in effect until April 30, which warns, quote, Ideologically motivated violent extremists with objections to the exercise of governmental authority in the presidential transition, as well as other perceived grievances fueled by false narratives, could continue to mobilize to incite or commit violence. In other words, people who disagree with Democrats in the news media. We've just seen an example of how their false narratives stand in the face of facts, and the 10-year history of this podcast has covered example after example after example. If there is a problem with people using false narratives to incite the public, the news media is public enemy number one. But apparently, while saying, hey, I think something fishy was going on with the election, maybe we should look into that, is domestic terrorism that fuels violence, it's apparently okay to literally call for government to engage in the mass summary execution of civilians. She said, quote, We had a policy, and it was very controversial. It was carried out under the Bush years and under the Obama years of attacking terrorism at its root of going after and killing, and in the case of Anwar al-Awlaki, an American, a Yemeni American, with a drone strike for the crime of inciting violence, inciting terrorism. The way you root out terrorism is to kill those who incite it. We cover the murder of al-Awlaki and the subsequent murder of his son, also an American citizen, who was 16 years old at the time, and his daughter, another American citizen, who was 8. In January 2010, the Wall Street Journal reported, There is no indication Mr. Alaki played a direct role in any of the attacks, and he has never been indicted in the U.S. The drone had been sent after him while he was having breakfast and killed him while he was in a car trying to get away from it. One other occupant in the car was killed as well. The government never released any information proving his links to Al-Qaeda. In fact, the FBI told Fox News, quote, the FBI and investigating bodies have not found evidence connecting Anwar al-Awlaki and the attack on September 11, 2001. His son, Abdul Rahman, was killed two weeks later along with nine others as they were attending an open-air cafe. One of the others killed was 17. Initially, the Obama administration denied he was the target. Then, when information surfaced proving he was, the Obama admin lied about his age, which was debunked when the family released his birth certificate. The eight-year-old Nawar was killed in a battle a little over a week after Trump took office after being shot in the neck and left to die for over two hours without the troops calling for emergency help. A week earlier, Wallace had had former FBI agent Clint Watts on the show, who said regarding Trump's speech on the 6th, quote, and you instead put it in Anwar Alalaki's mouth, we would be talking about a drone strike overseas. He also bleated, Domestic terrorists have open access to weapons in ways that international extremists did not. And specifically mentioned, quote, Handguns, long weapons, long rifles, long guns. In a not-so-veiled call for gun control banning basically everything, these people are seriously talking about drone strikes against their fellow Americans, summary execution with no due process or constitutional safeguards. I ask you, who are the ones who are more dangerous? Who are the ones that are more violent? Who are the ones trying to affect political change, not through persuasion, but through fear and terror? The definition of terrorism. 
If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.bogosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home. And don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. Well, at least with the Biden administration, we won't have to put up with that stupid border wall nonsense. Oh, yeah? We covered years ago how the Trump administration's immigration policies weren't any different from Obama's. As one example, the whole kids in cages thing was an Obama-era policy that Trump just continued, not even to the same degree as Obama did. But the left got indignant about it all of a sudden. In fact, most of the photos used to cry that Trump was so evil were actually taken while Obama was still president. The Obama administration, when Biden was vice president, don't forget, deported more immigrants than Trump in any four-year period. Mind you, I'm not saying Biden is going to be just as bad as Trump. He's going to be worse. Okay, Biden did use an executive order to stop Trump's silly little wall that wouldn't stop an overly determined hamster, but that's exposed as little more than virtue signaling given the fact that Biden and his advisors are working on something much more sinister, a smart wall or virtual wall. Biden's plan, as detailed in a fact sheet released to the press, calls for patrolling the border using advanced surveillance technology that will make Edward Snowden's head spin. Not an actual wall that people could take pictures of and complain about to the news media, but drones, infrared cameras, motion sensors, radar, facial recognition, and AI systems far beyond anything George Orwell could ever have imagined. Unlike the border wall, which goes in about 50 feet or so into the country, which is bad enough, this virtual wall exists for hundreds of miles inland, in an area that's been dubbed the Constitution-Free Zone, as we've seen over and over on this podcast. It covers private property and domestic roadways and affects people who live and work in America just on their daily commute. It even covers travelers on domestic flights that never cross a border. You don't even have to be an immigrant to get caught up in its dragnet. And we've covered similar cases in the past where American citizens have found themselves surrounded by security and hauled off for questioning with no recourse and none of their constitutional rights respected. It could happen to any one of us, even if we aren't traveling outside the country. And a lot of it is in the name of, you guessed it, the insane war on drugs. It calls for the government, quote, to waive environmental and state and federal laws to expedite the construction of barriers and roads near U.S. borders and provides for additional rescue beacons to prevent needless deaths along the border. And also, quote, 
to develop guidelines and protocols for standards of care for individuals, families, and children in CBP custody. Because the problem of shoving children in cages is how they're treated, not the fact that you've shoved them in cages! DHS officials have been whining for years that they can't know who is traveling around the country the way they know who's traveling on a plane. They've been working to find a way to change that. And companies we've discussed before, such as Palantir, who would seem to have no business model outside the surveillance state, have poured millions of dollars into this new project. And Duran received over $60 million in contracts from the DHS for laser-equipped cameras, radar, and pattern recognition software. Kind of reminds you of Obama's high-tech border fence that didn't do anything except give Boeing $1 billion in taxpayer dollars. And the media isn't doing anything to alert the public that it's taking place. A CBP official who asked not to be named told the nation that they had concerns with the agency, quote, expanding its capabilities and training its armed personnel to act as a federal police. This so-called smart technology isn't likely to work any better than a demonetization algorithm, but Biden, as he did with his imaginary smart trigger locks that don't work anywhere except in movies, seems to think he can get away with constitutional violations when they're done by an algorithm instead of an official. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 apiece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now it's time to pendulate this week's Vegas Bogani Meter. And this week it goes to the Las Vegas Sun, which deliberately sat on a Joe Biden interview for a year, apparently to hide the depths of his anti-gun views. In an election year which saw a record number of first-time gun owners, especially among women and minorities, the Democrats were really trying to downplay their gun control rhetoric to the point where many people found themselves censored on social media for saying that Biden wanted to pass unprecedented levels of gun control legislation, including the targeting of lawful gun owners. Which, of course, he did, as this interview shows. Now that he's been inaugurated, I guess they can finally say the quiet parts out loud. The interview took place on January 11, 2020, but wasn't published until the 31st of January 2021. The Sun said, quote, as he begins his first term, we felt the interview was worth publishing to give readers a better idea of where Biden will lead the country. Uh, wouldn't it have been better for us to have that idea before we voted? Especially in a battleground state like Nevada, where Biden wasn't determined to be the winner for another week. 
He not only displays his anti-gun agenda, but also his narcissism when he said, quote, I'm the only guy who's ever beaten the NRA nationally twice. I'm the guy who got the Brady Bill up and passed and expanded, number one. Number two, I was able to include an assault weapons ban and the number of rounds that could be held in any magazine. Of course, the assault weapons ban was allowed to expire because it was a complete and total abject failure, but he's also acting like he did all this single-handedly when there were a lot of other senators who rammed them through and then saw the 1994 midterm elections flip in one of the biggest midterm losses ever seen, including the defeat of a sitting Speaker for the House, something that at that point hadn't happened since the Civil War. In apparent contradiction with what he just said about beating the NRA twice, he went on to say, quote, An overwhelming majority of NRA members thought we should do away with assault weapons. Citation needed, Joe Bai. Since only the NRA knows who its members are, only the NRA is capable of polling them to know what a majority of them think. And besides, the NRA only has about 5 million members, but there are at least 72 million gun owners in the country. So a majority of NRA members would not translate to a majority of gun owners. He also said, quote, There's no rationale whatsoever to have more than 10 rounds in a magazine, and even that is too much in my view. I got your rationale right here, Joe Bai. As we've covered in the past, depending on the type of gun, it takes on average 3.6 rounds to stop a home invader. Your home gets invaded by three people, and guess what? Joe Bai, if you ask your flunkies to do the math for you, they'll tell you that's more than 10. In other interviews, he's alluded to limits of three rounds or even a single round, proving that he gets his information on guns from movies where any gunshot, regardless of location, results in instant death. Any military service member who's seen combat will tell you how ridiculous that is. Speaking of which, he laughably claimed, quote, We have the capacity now to build any weapon where it can only be fired with your biometric marker. Only in the movies, Joe Bai. And the one thing all his big tech homies seem to have in common is that none of them have ever developed firearms. A firearm malfunction at the wrong moment is a valid enough concern as it is. You want to put the makers of Windows or the demonetization algorithms in charge of it? And speaking of saying the quiet parts out loud, quote, so the way you give cover to some of our Republican friends who are scared of the NRA and this outfit owns the White House right now is you put it in a larger bill. So they, meaning Republicans, say, look, I had to vote for it. Yes, he's deliberately talking about sticking it in as writers in must-pass bills. And he once again repeated the outright lie. Also, the gun industry is the only outfit in America exempt from being sued. The only one. The fact is, no company in America is supposed to be held liable for the actions of their customers. They can be held liable for malfunctioning guns or something, but that's not what he's talking about. He wants to repeal the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Firearms Act, and doing so would make the firearms industry pretty much the only industry who could be sued for bad acts committed by their customers. The only ones unless Section 230 is repealed, that is. 
The act was passed in response to a series of lawsuits in the 80s and 90s by a cabal that sought to drive them out of business by crippling them with lawsuits, holding them responsible for actions committed by third parties. And as we've covered, even if you keep winning, the mere cost of fighting the lawsuits can bankrupt you. 34 states ended up passing laws to block these suits, and Congress followed in 2005, guaranteeing to firearm companies the same rules of liability that apply to other businesses. Here's one part that didn't age well, quote, This is an issue that no one wants to campaign against me on. Nobody. Yeah, and apparently you didn't even want to campaign on that issue yourself. And it's easy to see why. And the son just decided this whole interview needed to be sat on until it was too late for the voters to do anything in response to it. Which just has to make the Las Vegas Sun this week's biggest Bogani Meter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one customer service. Go to Firmoo, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV, anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmoo dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's mercerize this week's Idiot It really seems like the news organizations keep trying to compete with each other for who can be the biggest scumbag. But Time Magazine really has to take the big award when it comes to saying the quiet parts out loud. So the media has been screeching, throwing a hissy fit, and clutching their pearls over people who were saying there were indications of election impropriety, from voter manipulation to direct fraud of the vote counts. Anyone who even hinted that such a thing might have occurred has found themselves demonetized, deplatformed, and even labeled outright as conspiracy theorists giving misinformation, as fact-checkers kept assuring us that no such thing took place. Now, the beans have been spilled. By their own admission, a Time article shows that they absolutely did conspire to manipulate the election. To save democracy from the evil demon Trump, of course. Check this out, quote, There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. The pact was formalized in a terse, little-noticed joint statement of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and AFL-CIO published on Election Day. Both sides would come to see it as sort of an implicit bargain, inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes destructive racial justice protest in which the forces of labor came together with the forces of capital to keep the peace and oppose Trump's assault on democracy. 
I don't know what it is these days with so-called journalists writing these novella-sized articles. This one has over 7,000 words and would take 45 minutes to read out loud. If you ask me, it all bespeaks of a narcissism that should automatically ruin the career of any reporter who tries it. The article goes on to describe it as, quote, A vast, cross-partisan campaign to protect the election. An extraordinary shadow effort dedicated not to winning the vote, but to ensuring it would be free and fair, credible and uncorrupted. They got states to change voting systems and laws and helped secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits, recruited armies of poll workers, and got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time. They successfully pressured social media companies to take a harder line against disinformation and use data-driven strategies to fight viral smears. They executed national public awareness campaigns that helped Americans understand how the vote count would unfold over days or weeks, preventing Trump's conspiracy theories and false claims of victories from getting more traction. After Election Day, they monitored every pressure point to ensure that Trump could not overturn the result. The untold story of the election is the thousands of people of both parties who accomplished the triumph of American democracy at its very foundation. Could the language of this thing possibly be any more propagandistic? Quote, This is the inside story of the conspiracy to save the 2020 election, based on access to the group's inner workings, never-before-seen documents, and interviews with dozens of those involved from across the political spectrum. It is the story of an unprecedented, creative, and determined campaign whose success also reveals how close the nation came to disaster. Every attempt to interfere with the proper outcome of the election was defeated. But it's massively important for the country to understand that it didn't happen accidentally. The system didn't work magically. Democracy is not self-executing. So, in order to stop Trump from spreading misinformation that a conspiracy was forming to manipulate the outcome of the election, they formed a conspiracy to manipulate the outcome of the election. One of the main instigators of the conspiracy was Mike Porthorzer, senior advisor to the president of the AFL-CIO, the biggest federation of unions in the country. He hosted weekly two-and-a-half-hour meetings on Zoom to an invitation-only group of hundreds of fellow conspirators. They instigated easy-to-manipulate mail voting under the color of the COVID-19 pandemic. The Voter Participation Center sent ballot applications to select 15 million voters in swing states and sent out mailings and purchased ads urging people not to wait until Election Day to vote. And, quote, Democratic lawyers battled a historic tide of pre-election litigation, which was designed to, quote, sow doubt about mail voting. Yeah, how dare people doubt a completely unproven process with no real indication of how it would be secured from manipulation? The article also mentions progressive operative Laura Quinn, who piloted what the article describes as a nameless secret project, the object of which was to stop people from responding to claims saying they weren't true, but to remove the claims from digital platforms entirely. Of course, anyone who said that was actually what was happening was themselves labeled a disinformation agent. Mark Zuckerberg actually had nine civil rights leaders in his home to give him his marching orders. 
According to Vanita Gupta, president and CEO of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, who also met with Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey and many others, and whom Biden has nominated for Associate Attorney General, quote, It took pushing, urging, conversations, brainstorming, all of that, to get to a place where we ended up with more rigorous rules and enforcement. It was a struggle, but we got to the point where they understood the problem. Was it enough? Probably not. Was it later than we wanted? Yes. But it was really important, given the level of official disinformation, that they had those rules in place and were tagging things and taking them down. How can anyone deny this anymore? You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. And you can call this fortifying democracy, but it's still a conspiracy, by their own terms, a secret cabal to commit fraud, theft, and ballot and voter manipulation. They have just confirmed that every last bit of that is true. They not only admit to doing it, they're bragging about it. That makes them hypocrites, that makes them tyrants, that makes them narcissists, and above all, it makes them this week's... Idiot Well, that wraps up this Meanwhile, the Next Day edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please go to donate.bogosity.tv for several ways to donate and discord.bogosity.tv to join the discussion. Subscribe at Patreon or Subscribestar and you can listen early and ad-free. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from George Orwell. It cannot be said too often, at any rate it is not being said nearly often enough, that collectivism is not inherently democratic, but on the contrary, gives to a tyrannical minority such powers as the Spanish Inquisitors never dreamt of. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial and Derivatives 4.0 International License. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now.